Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Wendy Ryan about the impact of COVID on leaders, how leadership needs to change, and the 3T model of leadership. Wendy Ryan, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Great to be here, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited to have a nice conversation with you today. You're joining us uh, from the West Coast, Silicon Valley area. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be focusing on the impact of COVID on leaders and how leadership needs to change moving into the future of work. We'll talk about that generally, but also get in Uh, to more specifics in relation to your book and talk about this 3T model uh, and some of those ideas that might be able to help leaders as we move into this future of work. As we get started, I wanted to share Wendy's bio with everybody. Wendy Ryan is the CEO of Cadabra based in Silicon Valley. A strategic advisor to board members and CEOs and an angel investor, Wendy is an expert on leadership and gender issues in the workplace and is a sought after mentor for rising talent, including other consultants and consulting firms. With over 25 years of combined experience in human resources, organizational development, nonprofit leadership and executive coaching, Wendy has worked with hundreds of individuals and organizations. Throughout her career, Wendy's outstanding ability to build trust and rapport with diverse audiences and her agility in assessing and engaging individuals and groups from where they are has facilitated breakthroughs and business results. As a speaker, her natural warmth and humor captivates her audience and her intellect challenges their assumptions about what is possible for us to achieve individually and collectively. In her consulting work, Wendy uh, customizes research-based best practices to work with each client's unique culture and business model. She is an expert in organizational and individual assessments, leadership development, strategic visioning, and implementing organizational change. Wendy also understands the dynamics of entrepreneurship, venture capital, and private equity funding, and seamlessly integrates those dynamics into her work for the benefit of her clients. Wendy holds a master's degree in human resource and organizational development from the University of San Francisco, in addition to a postgraduate certificate in management and innovation from Bentley College and dual bachelor's degrees in psychology and Spanish from the University of California, Davis. Uh, What a tremendous background. It is truly a pleasure to have you joining me today. I look forward to hearing your thoughts and insights and uh, as you share that with me and my listeners. Anything else you would like to share as we get started about your background, your personal context, and then we'll dive on into the conversation. Yeah, thank you. And and as you're reading the bio, you know, it strikes me of, of what isn't in there, right? I, I mean, we can all talk, and I know you can as well, John, about all the things you've done and, and experiences you've had. I always like to uh, also share with people that I've been married for 26 years, uh, and I have three children and a fur baby, 
And I think that's important because as we talk about leadership in the future, it, it really becomes important for us to not keep our personal to the side. It's important for us to start to look at who, who is the whole person that's showing up as a leader and how, how are we bringing all of our life into that work and that practice. I love it. Uh, I've, you have me beat. I, I've been married for uh, nearly 20 years. Um, so you have a few years on me. And, but I have a couple of dogs and, uh, in addition to, you know, the, the, the rambunctious children running around the house and it's always an adventure. So good times. Yeah. They're all great teachers, aren't they? Our spouses, our children, and even our pets. I think they, they teach us a lot if we are open to the learning. Yep. Absolutely agree. Uh, wonderful. So tell us, uh, why don't, as we get started, tell us a little bit about your book. Um, we can start to unpack this three team model. Uh, And then we can relate that back to the current COVID context and really how leadership needs to be shifting and changing as we move into the future of work. Yeah. Learn, Lead, Lift, uh, the inspiration really came to me because I was approaching my 50th birthday and I thought about the fact that I had been working since I was 14 years old. My very first job was I was a, a dance teacher at age 14. I used to teach little kids dance, gymnastics, etc. And that's how I paid for my own dance lessons um, all through high school. And so I and since that time I've I've always uh, continuously had had a job doing something and or uh, being a full-time caregiver for a couple of years as well. And so I thought, you know, this is, what have I really learned? I mean, this is a long time, you know, and can I talk about things that are actually going to be useful to somebody else? So I had this sense of how do I honor all the great teachers that I've had, the experiences I've had, and and produce something that somebody else could actually benefit from. And I've always been a writer. I've always enjoyed it. I've always gotten great feedback on my writing. And so I knew I could do it, but I wasn't ever sure prior to 2018, which is when I was was having this discussion with myself, uh, that that I really was able to land on how was I going to bring all these threads together, both the leadership uh, expertise and, and work that I'd done and the life experience, because that's also been for me such a formative teacher. Um, and it, it just kind of clicked that, wow, I could really talk about both and integrate it in a way that could be useful. And that's where Learn, Lead, Lift was born. Yeah, I love that. I love the title, by the way. And I love the integration of life experience, the lived expertise of going through the grind of, of life and the day-to-day of, of leading businesses and leading people. Um, that's super important. And then we, we build that into a typology or model. Uh, and that's, that's where you come to this 3T model. Can you describe that for us? Uh, what are the elements of that model? And then we can pull it back to, to COVID and, and shifting nature of work and the types of leaders we need for the future. Sure. Well, if you don't mind, I'd like to start with the Learn, Lead, Lift framework. And just very quickly, because the 3T model is one element in that framework, but I think it will make more sense if I just explain explain the Learn, Lead, Lift framework first. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, so the idea is that great leadership is the combination of three things. It's a combination of how we think, which I call mindsets, and what we know or know how to do, which is skill sets, and then 
how we actually show up to others, which are behaviors. And there are certainly some universal elements within each of those three that, uh, that come up very consistently in conversations with people when you ask them, which I did as part of the book, I went out and interviewed a whole bunch of people that don't necessarily identify with the title leader because I was really curious, how does a person on the street, so to speak, think about this differently than someone who's a quote expert in leadership and these things were universally came up all the time so i thought okay there is a set that that most people will gravitate toward and it lines up with these three elements and then it really depends on the role doesn't it it, it the skills that a cfo needs are going to obviously be different than the skills someone needs who is um running a restaurant they're different and that's okay so there's the framework is not intended to be prescriptive in the sense that um that this is everything we need to know about leadership but it, it gives us some directional focus so the 3t model is really a mindset it's a way of thinking about making decisions and about what are the trade-offs involved in those decisions and it really came out of my observation over the years that leaders who otherwise were really great and really successful struggled a lot with decision making. And most often this would manifest as they would put it off and they would put it off and they would put it off. And I thought, decision a, paralysis, right? Yeah. Yeah. And is there a way to talk about this that could sort of help people get unstuck and move them into a, a direction of, of, making a decision and taking action a little bit quicker. So that was the, the, um, the impetus behind the 3T model. Yeah, thank you for that framework and for uh, providing a little bit of context to the 3T model. And I agree. I, I mean, as, as I'm listening to you describe that and your experience in interviewing others, um, I believe we're all leaders. We all have the opportunity and uh, potential to impact and influence others, that is leadership. Um, and uh, it doesn't require a formal title, a formal role in the hierarchy. Um, there are many informal leaders that are incredibly influential and impactful, uh, even though they don't have that you know, specific title behind their name. Uh, and ultimately, if, if we can all see ourselves as leaders and adopt these types of mindsets, uh, then it will only increase the impact that we can have. Uh, and I also like your focus on decision-making because the reality is we live in an incredibly and increasingly so uh, complex, messy uh, world. <laughs> um, and, and we have to be able to learn how to navigate within that messiness and complexity um, while we, you know, taking in as much evidence-based um, kind of inputs, but then move towards decision-making and move towards action and implementation, recognizing that we're probably going to have to adjust as we go. You know, we're going to have to iterate. We're going to have, we're going to make wrong decisions. We're going to have to make course corrections and that's part of the game. Um, but the worst thing we can do is, is become completely paralyzed and not be able to move forward amidst the uncertainty. Um, and that certainly connects back to what we've experienced this last 18 to 20 months. Uh, during COVID, it has been an incredibly uncertain time, and organizations across the globe have had to wrestle with uh, how to respond to not only the health crisis, but also the economic crisis, the mental health challenges of people moving to virtual work and distributed teams. All of these things have 
uh, hugely impacted and increase the level of complexity that leaders have to deal with in their day to day. Uh, and so being, being able to figure out how to navigate that and still move forward uh, is certainly a challenge. Oh, when you're coaching executives or you're speaking with groups, like what, what do you focus on in terms of how uh, people can start moving forward in a positive way? Yeah. Uh, I love I love how you're talking about what what I call a VUCA context that we're in, right? And VUCA was coined by um, the U.S. military back in the early 90s. It's always been with us. It wasn't that they invented VUCA. It stands for volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. But the the conversation that I like to to start with with clients um, to your question is what I call the new leadership calculus. So I thought, is there a way that I can translate what we're talking about right now into something that that is almost like an equation that that makes sense for people? And so I came up with this um, this idea that uh, I call depth creates VUCA, which requires I eat leadership. And so depth stands for five things. It stands for demographic changes. We know that our workforce is changing very dramatically in terms of age distribution, ethnic identity, um, every way that we might define diversity and demographics is the, the workforce we have now is not what we had 20 years ago. It will not be the workforce we have in 20 years. And then we have extreme uh, weather events. So we, we know that we can debate the cause of climate change, some people can, <laughs> but we know for sure that the, the number, the velocity, the frequency of extreme weather events is, is, is accelerating. And that causes disruption in our lives, in our business, in our, in our governments, in, in all of our, our systems. Um, PEEF stands for pandemics. Um, we haven't seen the last pandemic. Some people describe um, our racial reckoning as a you know, secondary and an equally devastating pandemic uh, in addition to COVID. T stands for technology innovation. You know, technology and, and what it enables, um, what we struggle with around technology absolutely contributes to VUCA. And the last one is health, this idea that our whole notion of health has really changed. We we used to, you know, in the in the 20th century, we thought about physical health. And then we started talking a little bit about mental health. And I think today what we talk about when we mean health is we mean well-being and we include the spiritual, we include the emotional in that construct. So all of these things contribute to VUCA on steroids, you know, high volume. It's like someone took the, the volume knob on, on an old stereo, those of us who, who had one of those growing up, and cranked it up to, to 10. Uh, that's what the context in which we're trying to do business and lead people now. And so I eat leadership stands for four things, inclusive, equity minded, authentic and trauma informed. And so I always encourage leaders to wake up in the morning and say, how will I eat my leadership today and go to bed at night and say, how did I eat my leadership today? because those tend to be the areas that we all need to lean into and, and stretch toward. And we weren't necessarily given through our education or our life experience so far, all of the tools we need to do that well.
I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue. What some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There's no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of our problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, super fascinating. Those are incredible principles. And I think we all need to learn how to live more, uh, right? And it starts with the mindset. It starts with an awareness and a commitment to try to do better. Um, you know, the reality is uh, we all are kind of at different stages, right? And, and you know, meeting people where they're at is really important. Um, both you and I are, uh, well, actually, I, I guess I don't know for sure, but you appear to be a, a white woman. Um, yes. presenting as a white woman and I'm, I'm a white man and we have a lot of privilege because of, um, you know, those, those factors and, and other people, uh, don't have the same types of privilege we have. And so, um, we need to become aware. We need to become awake. We need to commit to doing better. We need to commit to being allies for those who are marginalized and disadvantaged. All of those sorts of things, um, are a really important part of what it means to be a leader of the future. And to your point, you know, the, the changing demographics uh, has already, you know, shifted a lot over the last couple of decades. And, and I think largely people are embracing it, but there are still holdouts in terms of people, you know, who feel uncomfortable with the changes or they feel threatened by the changes and the changes will only continue. And as they continue, the, the segment of you know, society that feels threatened or feels um, in some way um, endangered by, by the, the shifts in society as a whole, but also the workforce demographics, you know, that has to be dealt with. And we are gonna have a reckoning around that. It's gonna be a super interesting thing to, to watch and see how it plays out. So there's never been a more important time for us to really have an inclusivity and belonging mindset within the workplace. Um, and for us to have, have a framework to be able to deal with the complexity um, around what we're dealing with, uh, because it's only going to get more and more so, uh, and we're only going to see more and more disruptions, uh, more and more extreme weather disruptions, like you said, demographic disruptions, like you said, we're going to see more disruptive innovations as we continue. Um, we think things have shifted a lot over the last 18, 20 months. Um, I think we haven't seen anything yet in terms of <laughs> what we can expect in the coming decades. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. It's, uh, I think we're just on the beginning, uh, beginning of the curve in terms of the change curve that we're all on. And it is so important to acknowledge that, 
Um, some of us are on this journey more willingly than others. Some of us are on this journey better equipped than others for lots of reasons. Uh, and we, we all have to bring everyone along on that journey. And I think, you know, for myself, yes, I'm a, a white, cisgender, heterosexual, able-bodied, neurotypical woman. I was born in Wichita, Kansas. I'm about as middle America and as, as uh, you know, white as one can be in terms of ancestry and DNA. You know, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm from like, Kansas City area. Okay. So. <laughs> yes. I'm like the ultimate mix of colonizer uh, DNA, as they say. And, um, and I, I've also lived other places. I've, I've lived most of my life in Silicon Valley, but I've also lived in Madrid, Spain, Boston, Wisconsin, LA. And I think, you know, not everybody has the benefit of, of li living other places, but I think one thing that, that has enabled for me and that I encourage leaders to try and replicate in whatever form they can is it has, it has put me in the position to be the other, to be the outsider, and to have to adjust to different ways of thinking and different ways of being. And I think that's the kind of thing that requires sometimes personal courage and it requires some openness to, to putting yourself in spaces and situations and, and with people that aren't like you and that may not be most comfortable for you. And it, it, is, it is important if we're going to build some of those mindsets and skill sets and behaviors we need for IE leadership. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, are there any other things? I mean, we've been talking a lot about inclusivity. We've been talking a lot about uncertainty and messiness and complexity and, and decision making. Uh, any other major kind of meta trends um, uh, or big things that we need to be considering in terms of the shifting nature of work and how we go about being leaders effectively in that future? Yeah, I think in the in the behavior um, side of the framework, I think. The acronym I use there is FIDA, stands for Focus, Integrity, Decisiveness, Authenticity, and Humility. And I think that first one, Focus, is, is a big one because I think what has happened is Focus has actually um, surpassed time in terms of relative value. So, you know, we used to work a lot in the 90s and the 2000s on our time management and really optimizing that. And that is important. But now, as we have social media and all of the attendant distractions from that, what I see and I, and I worry about, honestly, is how, how are we going to cultivate the focus we need? It's not just about the time, but the focus we need as leader to do the work that needs to get done. So I think um, putting that higher on our priority list for checking in with ourselves for if you're a leader of other leaders saying, you know, what are you doing to cultivate focus this next year? How, how are you going to support yourself and your team in doing that? Um, that's critically important. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent point. Um, it, and as I look into the future, you know, I, none of us have a crystal ball, of course, we're, <laughs> but we're looking at past trends and we're looking at the way things have been moving. And, you know, you're in the heart of technology and innovation and um, a lot of those sorts of things. And so you get to see it day in and day out. Uh, I, I, I think as we look um, towards the future and we try to predict what 
it, the change might look like. Um, all I can say is, you know, over the past, you know, 20 years, we've just seen a steady increased acceleration towards disruption complexity. We've seen an increased accelerated um, uh, movement towards um, adopting new disruptive technologies and, and the, the pace of change in technology just continues to, to rapidly increase. Um, this, this raises a whole slew of new ethical concerns and challenges um, that we frankly have yet to really, you know, fully reckon with um, that we're going to have to continue to wrestle with and figure out what that means for society as a whole, uh, for our organizations and for the work that we do. Uh, there are just so many of these components that are going to play into how, how things move forward. And it's going to be fascinating to see uh, how this all unfolds in the coming years. And I hope we're up to the challenge. I, I believe we are um, up to the challenge of making, uh, making a good go of it and doing it in a healthy way. Well, Wendy, it has just been a real pleasure. I know at the time, I need to let you go here in just a few minutes. Um, but before we close today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Yeah, great. Uh, so you can find out more about me and uh, my team at wearecadabra.com. So Cadabra is with a K. And you can also uh, find my book, Learn, Lead, Lift, how to think, act, and inspire your way to greatness. Everywhere books are sold. Uh, there is also a website for the book, learnleadlift.com. And in terms of connecting with me personally, I always welcome connections on LinkedIn and, and I post there a lot. So it's a good place to get to know me better and uh, see what, what kinds of things that we're wrestling with at Cadabra. Um, final thought I think for today is if, if your listeners take nothing else away from, from our discussion, I would say it's so important to ask yourself now in the context of everything we've been talking about, why do you want to be a leader? Whether you ended up there through default, you know, because you were just the person that was around the longest and knew the most, uh, <laughs> some of us do, and some of us are very intentional about working our way to, to a leadership role. But why do you want to do it now? And then who are you being as a leader? Right. So so all, you know, mindsets, skill sets and behaviors aside for a moment, starting with what is your personal why? Right. And and really telling yourself the truth about that is essential, because if you're if part of your truth is because you want to be in charge of others and you enjoy that, that's OK. I'm, I'm not here to say that's a bad thing, but recognize that if you are presenting to your team or telling other people, I want to be a leader to help people, when your truth is really something different, people are going to sense that. So it really starts with us being clear and truthful with ourselves about why we're doing this and how do we want to show up in that role. Yeah, yeah, well said. Wendy, it has just been a real pleasure I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Wendy and her team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. 
Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.